Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. You know, everything that we see in the gospel, from Genesis to Revelation, the good news, the book, the Bible, everything points us to Jesus in eternity. It tells us that Jesus is alive, why he came, why he died, and why he's living today. Everything is about his life. You know, I heard a story about three gentlemen. They went to a funeral. And uh, it was their high school basketball coach. He had died. It was in Chicago. Two of the men were from the Northeast, from Chicago. One was from Alabama. He moved up to Chicago when he was a teenager. He was just good old Southern boy. His name was Bubba. And Bubba flew up to meet his buddy so they could go to their college coach. He was in his 70s when he passed. He was just an influence in their life. They get to the funeral, the memorial. So they all walk up to the front together. They see him in the coffin. And finally, one of them look over and says, you know, he, he made such an impact. There's so many things we can say. So what, what do you want people to say about you when we're standing here at your service? One of them said, you know, I, I would hope they would say he loved his family. His friend said, oh, that's, that's beautiful. The other one said, I would say that he served his fellow man. He said, oh, that's beautiful. They got to Bubba and he stood there for a minute. He said, oh, that's easy. He said, well, Bubba, what would you want them to say about you if you were lying here? He said, that's really easy. Look, he's moving. <laughs> well, there's only one that we can talk about that is still alive, that conquered death that came out the other side in his name of Jesus. But here's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter eight, verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Romans chapter five, verse eight says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He showed great love for us that while we were sinners, he sent all of heaven to die for us. The good news of the gospel is this, that Jesus came. Jesus lived a victorious life. He picked up a cross and he died on that cross but the cross could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. And on the third day, he rose with power and life. Every story of Jesus, every miracle points us to the good news of life. You know, the reality is that Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. He came to quicken that which was dead. And every story of the gospel speaks life. Every miracle. Now, the miracles were temporal. They would happen and then fade. Eyes that were open that once were blind would eventually dim again. Water that was changed to wine would eventually run out. That, that lunch that fed a multitude when the little boy gave it to Jesus, the people would get hungry the next day. But there's a story within the story. There's an eternal implication in every temple miracle. The, the changing of the water to wine wasn't just about wine, but Jesus was showing his disciples, what you see go in is not always what comes out. 
He showed us in a small lunch that when you put it in the hands of Jesus, even though it does not seem like much, little is much when God is in it. He showed us through the vision for the from those that had sight given to them, that those that had no vision, if they are touched by the kingdom, can begin to see clearly. Over and over, he begins to demonstrate to us through the gospel message and through the stories of this journey Jesus had on earth that there is an eternity to live and there are promises to stand on. One of those stories is the story of Lazarus. Now, in the gospel of John, we see this account given and it tells us a little bit about this story. And I want to read in verse 1 of chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped it with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said to Lazarus, sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed there for two more days. Let's jump to verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise at the resurrection when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he said this, do you believe this, Martha? Jesus arrives. Now, sometimes you have to read the Bible. Sometimes the Bible is funny in places to me. They came to Jesus and say, the one you love, Lazarus, he's dying. And then the Bible said, Jesus stayed in the town two more days. Now, if you called the church office... And you said, mama's about to pass. And we said, man, we'll get to you in a few days. And we showed up and mama was gone. You would not be happy. <laughs> Jesus hears that Lazarus is dying. And he stays in this city just a couple miles from Lazarus. Two more days. When he does arrive, Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. He's legally dead. Martha hears that Jesus is coming, runs to meet him. And immediately she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would be alive today. And this conversation starts. And he begins to talk with her. And then he says this. He said, do you not believe your brother can live? And she said, in the resurrection. Here's what happens. Jesus makes two statements. And then he asks a question. First, he says this. Anyone who believes me will live. Anyone who believes in me will live. You know, the Bible tells me in the book of, of Romans, he said, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus said, if anyone believes in me, they will live. And then he said this, anyone who lives like he believes in me 
will live. Jesus tells us in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, there is a thief, and he's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, anyone that believes in me will live, and anyone who lives like they believe in me, he will live. But then it gets real. Jesus asked a question. He asked Martha as she's standing there in this hurting moment of life, in this broken place, a place where Jesus would eventually weep with her, not because Jesus was mourning for Lazarus. He knew Lazarus was getting ready to come to life. He wasn't mourning because of unbelief. Jesus was surrounded by unbelief. I believe this. Jesus is moved by the feelings of our infirmities. When you are hurting, he hurts. When you are broken, he feels that brokenness. The Bible said he is moved by the feeling of your infirmities. I don't believe he was weeping. Some people say, oh, he was weeping because they were doubting. I don't believe that. Jesus encountered doubt and religiosity and the people that doubted all day long. He was never moved by unbelief. He was always moved by faith. But there is something about knowing that you have a weeping Savior and that when you are hurting, he cares about your hurt. And then he asked this question. He said, Martha, do you believe? That's the question he asked us today. Do you believe? Do you believe? And she responded, I do believe, but I believe he will rise at the resurrection when all the saints rise. And Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. Here's what he was saying was this. Now listen, he was saying that the resurrection is not an event, it's a person. And some of you have come to the event of resurrection. You have come to the event of Easter and you do this every year. But I want you to leave knowing the person of resurrection. Jesus said the resurrection is not an event, it's a person. I am he. He said, I have arrived. Do you not believe? And then Jesus says, show me where you've laid him. She said, what are you talking about? He's been in the grave four days. He stinks by now. It's in the Bible. Because they didn't have embalming fluids. He'd been there four days. I am so glad that Jesus is willing to step into the places nobody else is willing to go. I am so glad that he's willing to go to places I do not want anybody to go to. The places of my life that do not look good, smell good. The places that I do not align with the gospel. He said, show me where you, Lord, he stinks by now. He said, show me. And when he gets there, he steps right in and says, move the stone. I love what happens. I believe when the stone was moved, the stench of death began to roll out. And Jesus stepped right into the midst of the stink of that situation. And the Bible said he looked at unbelief and looked at death. And then he got really intentional. He didn't just yell out, hey, come out of the grave or come Come forth. One writer said this. He said if Jesus would have just said come forth, every dead man in that graveyard, because he had such authority, would have come out of the grave. But here's the intentionality of the gospel. You can sit in a crowded room like this. You can be in a room with thousands of people. You can come when thousands are gathering, but he still knows your name. He shows up, and he just doesn't speak a name. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. I want you to know today, he knows your name. If you're hurting, he knows your name. If you're broken, he knows your name if you're lost he knows your name if there is no hope in your journey he knows your name and he stepped in and he said Lazarus come forth and Lazarus came out of the grave heaven met earth death was defied 
and Lazarus come forward. And here's where it gets good. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Because here's what living life is really about. He said, I don't want you just to live, but I want you to live it in abundance. He said, loose him. I am not going to allow the grave clothes of his yesterday to keep him from living a life in his tomorrow. And I love what happens later on. The Bible tells us that one day Jesus is sitting at a table and Mar Mary crawls in, the sister of Lazarus, and he, she breaks open an alabaster box. And the Bible said the aroma filled the room and religious people got upset. Said, how can she spend that so much, how, that much money on her worship? But the Bible says this, I, she knows the price that was paid. And then the Bible said Lazarus was sitting at the table. Sometimes people do not know your story and they do not know what it costs you to break open your box. But Mary did, Lazarus did. He knew him by name and he was a trophy of the kingdom. And some of you are in this room today because you heard him call your name and you heard him speak your name and you heard him declare that there's a greater season but maybe you're here today and you say pastor I'm broken I'm hurting I'm dying he knows your name you know the gospel is all about resurrection power not an event but a person and his name is Jesus you know everything that Jesus did led us to the cross through the cross you know, we celebrated on Friday in worship what we call Good Friday, but in that day, it was anything but good. It was dark. The cross was the most despised, shameful place of punishment and crucifixion. And they took our Savior and they put him on that cross. But I love the story. When he gets done with the cross, it would no longer be the greatest symbol of shame. But today for a believer, it's the greatest symbol of hope ever known to mankind because that's how life works. He invades dead, broken places. And the Bible said when he got done with the cross, those that see it and those that knows it, they feel hope when they encounter it. And the Bible said they took him and they nailed him to the cross. And the Bible said it got so dark, the sun refused to shine. And Jesus looked into the heavens and declared it is finished. Everything I came for has now been accomplished. Now I think he got confused. They thought Jesus was saying he was finished. He was just getting started. That's why 2,000 years later we can walk into an old grocery store. We can walk into a school in Wesley Chapel. We can walk into our East Lake campus. We can be in our car at work in our home and lift up the name of Jesus and life invades our space. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. He said it is finished. And the disciples begin to scatter. Hell begin to have a party. And Saturday it was silent. But Sunday was on the way. And when the dawn began to break, the stone was rolled away. It wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. Jesus could have walked through the stone. He walked through a wall in John chapter 20. But it was so the disciples could look in. And when they would get to the tomb, the angel would declare this. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? The one that you are looking for, he is not here for he he is risen. And the good news is, he is still alive. He never went back to the grave. He never once again was defeated. He never picked up another cross. He never had to endure a night of shame. But in 2022, out of a global pandemic, fighting the good fight of faith, you can walk in a room and declare, it is finished. The battle is over. And Jesus has won. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise. Come on, he's reigning in all power. Sit down, you are a rowdy bunch. 
looks like the WWE this morning. Somebody's getting ready to fly off the turnbuckle. You know, in Desert Valley, California, there's one of the hottest, driest places on earth, and it looks like this. It's a place where nothing lives. It's a, a region of the Sahara Desert in Eastern California, and nothing lives there. But something happened in 2004 that had never happened before. Shifting weather patterns caused the rain to move in that they had never kind of For 24 hours, it rained. Seven inches of rain covered this dry valley. And what happened was something began to shift in this valley. What was called Death Valley, because nothing lived there, everything was dead, began to come to life. And in the spring of that year, it didn't all happen right away, but in the spring of that year, Death Valley looked like this. Here's what you have to understand. Death Valley wasn't actually dead. It was just dormant. There were seeds under the dry soil that just needed life. There were seeds of purpose that just needed the one that created them to inhabit them. There were seeds just waiting to break through the dry ground of the valley. And when Jesus showed up at Death Valley... Over and over, he defied death. He would show up at the house of Jairus. And the Bible said when he gets to the house of Jairus, death had surrounded a family. It was heartbreaking to a mother and father. And they felt like a new generation was being silenced. Because when they arrived at the home, they said she's no, no longer sick. She's now dead people started weeping. Some started laughing and crying and mocking Jesus that he was even there. And Jesus said, we're going to go into the room and we're going to encounter death. And then he said, I want Peter, James, and John to go with me. And then he said, I want the mother and the father to go with me. It's one, two, three, four, five. Then Jesus, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's right, six. And they went in. Sometimes you have to know who's in your journey with you. The Bible said they walked in the room and they closed the door. And the Bible said when they opened the door, seven came out. I've come to tell someone this morning what you saw going in the last season, life is coming out. What you walked through in the last season, purpose is coming out. What you had to fight through to get here today, he said, when I get there, he said, it's not just going to be a funeral we encounter. We're going to see the glory of God revealed. That's what he said. Lazarus is going to be a trophy for the kingdom. Everywhere he goes, he was in the tomb four days. Everybody wrote him off. Even his sisters did not think it was possible. But when Jesus stepped on the scene and he began to speak his name, everything changed. Why? Because Easter is not an event. Resurrection is not an event. It's a person. Stay with me this afternoon. Made two statements and asked a question. He said, if anyone believes in me, they will live. If anyone lives as they believe in me, they will live. And then he said, here's where it gets real. This is what he asked of us. Not, not what the church believes. 
do you believe? Not what the crowd believes. Do you, not, not what they believe. Do you believe? She said in the resurrection. He said, oh, I've got good news. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. And one word from the resurrection changed everything. We're going to worship in just a moment. I want to pray over you today. I want to pray with you. Would you just close your eyes? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, on this Resurrection Sunday, I want to leave knowing that I know the person of resurrection. I want to be able to live like I know the person of resurrection. Maybe, maybe you've prayed this prayer before, but you're not really in relationship with the person of resurrection. Maybe you need to recommit your life to him. Maybe you need to make sure today, or maybe for the first time you're going to pray this prayer and say, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, right where you're at, he's willing to step into the place nobody else is willing to go. He's willing to go to the places you won't let anybody else go. He's willing to step in the hurt, the brokenness, the unforgiveness, the lack, the broken places. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to pray this prayer with you today. Come on, just slide one of your hands up. Nobody's looking around. I want to pray with you today. Thank you. All over this house today. All over this house today. If you're at church online, just pray this prayer with me. And I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer. The Bible said if you will declare this with your mouth, believe it in your heart, you will be saved. It's that simple. Everybody, say, Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus. I need him as my Savior and my Lord. And today, I invite him into my life. I ask him to forgive me of every sin. And I pray that you would heal me, you would restore me, you would lead me, because you are my king and you are my Lord. And from this moment on, from this moment on, I will know the person of resurrection. Father, I pray a prayer over everyone that has prayed that and believed it in their heart. Father, I declare that old things are passed away. All things are becoming new. Father, I pray that this would not just be an event today, but the beginning of a relationship with you. Stir them. Challenge them. Remind them daily that there's a purpose and a plan. And Father, as their belief system and the foundation of their life in you become stronger and stronger, Father, and they take steps of faith, Father, I pray that you would lead them to the greater. Father, and I pray that favor would cover them. Father, I pray you would bless them and keep them. Father, allow your face to shine upon them and grant them peace. I declare, Father, they are the blessed of the Lord. Every home, every individual, every gift, every ministry, every business, every now season, declare them blessed in favor and we declare it by the name of the person of resurrection 
the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now put your hands together. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.